All right. <laughs> welcome, welcome, everybody. Gonna be getting started here for the day. Uh, I feel great today. Feeling like I'm on cloud nine. So, uh, you know, where this comes from is the love of Jesus Christ, right? You can look at the world and you can see negativity, or you can look at the world and you can see positivity. And if you see love, right, if, if you focus on the love like Christ suggests, well, you'll have a life that you love, right? You'll be looking at love, right? And thus, right, the love will be welling up within you. You'll be looking at love, so love will be in you, so you'll be giving love, right? This is what Christ is suggesting when he's talking about the treasures of your heart, when he's talking about if the eyes are healthy, right? If your eye is healthy, if your eye, well, what your eyes, right? Your mind's eye, what you're thinking about is positive, is happy, is loving. Well, you're going to be full of love and you're going to have a life that you love. And understanding that is extremely important, right? You have the option. And I know it sounds really simple, right? But it's actually really hard to do. If you focus on that positivity, if you stay bright, instead of looking at all the worries, right? Christians, Christ, Christ commands Christians to be loving and not worry, right? And so if we don't worry, right, well, does that mean we don't plan, right? Sort of that sort of hook, right? And there are hooks, right? But that's not the accurate interpretation of the Bible. And when you understand that, right, the Bible starts to clear up. Uh, It starts to become a lot clearer than than, uh, it, it can be, right? Sometimes... Verses in the Bible, right? Like, for example, do not worry. Well, does that mean God's going to take care of everything? No, he doesn't say he's going to do everything, right? But if you follow his ways, he'll take care of everything. He'll take, he'll work with you to make sure everything is taken care of, right? That doesn't mean uh, um, Christians are not going to go through times of turmoil or times of hardship or anything like that. It just means that God will be with you. When you walk through those times of hardship in your life, maybe people are persecuting you when they ought not to be. Maybe they are trying to hold you back from your dreams when they ought not to be. Maybe they call themselves Christian, but they're trying to hold you back from your dreams. Well, that is opposite, right? It's opposite to Christianity. So, not only do we as Christians, we don't really focus on that, right? We also <laughs> keep it away from ourselves, right? Uh, sometimes, right, as Christians, we want to benevolently outreach and try and heal the people, but it's not jumping in the pool of mud with them and sitting there in that uh, mud spa or whatever, right? It's teaching them. It's saying, hey, Right. As critics, you say, hey, excuse me, that negativity, that hatred, that malice. Ah, we don't want it here. Right. We want the love here. 
We want to build each other. We're going to work together, right? And uh, this is what produces, right? It's the foundation of any functioning community, right? If a community, its members, they hate each other, well, it'll, it'll scatter, right? Just like Christ suggests. That community will scatter. It'll break apart. However, if you're giving the love, love is an irresistible attractive force, right? Interestingly enough, the, the message of Christ, the word of Jesus Christ, uh, going out and accomplishing what it ought to accomplish, it is suggested that Christ, through his speech, through his teachings, through his ways, right, the way of Jesus Christ, that all things, maybe not all things, right, but much, almost all creation, will at one point call themselves Christian, something like that. And maybe it's not uh, right, like a finite definition of all, meaning every single human being. Maybe it's not that, right? Maybe it's majority, right? Like they'll all call themselves Christian, something like that. So understanding this is important that sometimes, right, there are aspects of the Bible. And, you know, I wanted to say, right, I have been going over many, many versions of the Bible. And I'll tell you, when you're doing that, right, it gets, it gets clearer. It gets you get the, the message uh, clarified, right? And so I, I really highly recommend that if there is a verse out there that you guys are sort of scratching your heads on, you say, what does this mean? Uh, you can go online and look at other versions of that verse, right? Sometimes the authors, they, uh, they were given a little more revelation by God into the true definition of the meaning behind the verse. And that's fascinating to me, right? But while there are different translations, many different translations, most of the translations of the Bible, bottom line, what does it come down to? Are they good? Yeah, they're extremely good. They're good for you. They're good for your life. They're good for the lives of people who follow them, right? But <clears throat> when you look deeply into the message of the Bible, right? You have to understand that it is love that is the foundation. It's the core foundation that God is trying to impart to us. He says, I, I've got a couple things that I want you, my children, mankind, God's children, to focus on. And those things are, well, I want you to love me, right? I want you to love me, and I want you to love each other, right? And this is a sincere love, right? It's very easy to look at someone in life and cast past judgment, cast judgment, and say, oh, what a, what a low life. But if you gain wisdom, right, what you will see is that those people sometimes, often, they have a story that is quite tragic behind their lives. They were taught differently. I have met uh, parents who teach their children, do whatever you want, do whatever feels good. So the children are going and indulging in alcoholism, drug use, etc. right? 
And uh, the story ends tragically, right, uh, for the parents. But also it ended pretty well. It's going pretty sad for the kids, right? And as Christians, we are to be God's missionaries, God's messengers, the angels of the Lord, the servants of God who step in to that sad road that the person's walking on in out of ignorance and say, hey, excuse me, did you know that that is not going to work out well for you in your life? Did you know that there is a God, the Lord God of all Israel, who loves you out there and wants you to take care of yourself and do what's good and right and will lead you to a love, loving life, a life that you love? That's what God's talking about. And when you well up in that love and that light, you go out into the world and you are that light. There's no greater life out there, right? Practically, well, I think all good things that mankind want are contained in it, right? There is all good things that mankind uh, could want, could would want that are good, right? It will not bring other people destruction, right? Are contained in God's covenant. It is not a small little box covenant. It's a vast covenant, right? The road of it is narrow. The road you have to walk to get there is narrow. But along that road, there are countless paths you can take. There are many ways to the peak of Mount Zion where God himself dwelleth, waiting for the return of his beloved children. He wants us to go. He wants us to go down the paths, right? The narrow paths, right? The good paths. But there are paths you can take. It's not just... And, and don't get me wrong with my analogy here, right? There is one singular narrow road to God, right? But in life, on that road, right, there are many decisions, right? And what I mean by the paths are, are like, well, you can choose to major in science, or you can choose, choose to major in preaching, or you can choose to major in economics, right? And these are all paths you can take in your life. Each path can potentially lead you to Zion, right? You do not have to go into preaching. That's the only way. That's the only way to get to heaven. No, that's not how it works, right? The road to heaven is in God's hands, right? God's hands first. Second, it's within ourselves. We have to get all that sin out. The narrow road, right? You're not going to make it to that place of, of uh, a heavenly place in your life if you do not get the sin out, right? It's not, you find a wife, you get married, you're happy, you're loving, but then you decide to stop following God's covenant and you start hating each other and you end up divorced and you're both miserable, right? That's not something that God wants, right? And this is a human error, right? It is human error that has decided they didn't discipline themselves. They didn't press into the love of God enough, right? 
They didn't follow the ways of Christ. They let their eyes become fixated on things, other things, right, that were not so important, right? I'll tell you, if there's one thing not to lose in life, it's love. Absolutely. It's the most important thing. That's why God made it the first and second commandment. It's all about love. A life, the beginning, the middle, the end of life, it's all about love. There's nothing more important. There's nothing greater. There's nothing God wants us to do more than to love each other. God's just telling me, slow down. I, I noticed that. I'm sort of wound, I'm wound tight, right? Uh, I go fast. And it's very interesting to me that when I watch my sermons, <laughs> I, had a, I had a viewer, he comes in and he says, uh, you're going way too fast. I'm out of here or something like that. And uh, so I have to consciously slow myself down and uh, give myself a little more time to think. And... It'll take practice, but uh, I am I am setting out on that course, so that pathway, right? And down in, in our lives, right, in each of our lives, it's important to decide, right, which pathway do you want to take? And then you start walking it, knowing that God is with you, that God will give you the blessings, right? Maybe there's other people who don't want to bless you. Well, God will give you the blessings. Don't worry. That is what you see throughout the entire Bible. God blessing his children out of love, raising them up, right? He sees that you have a good heart. Not that King David was the smartest person in the world, no. King David was a shepherd boy. You can imagine uh, King David's education was not Harvard quality, right? King David lived on a farm pretty much, right? A simple man. But King David's heart was so good, it was so right that God said, I'm going to take you and I'm going to raise you up. And this is what God is offering, if you'll come. There's nothing that is too big of an obstacle for God. You know, you see people who are handicapped. You see, uh, for example, right, Bruce Lee broke his back. Uh, doctors told Bruce Lee, ah, you'll never recover. Bruce Lee said, thanks, but no thanks. I'm not going to take that. And Bruce Lee healed. He healed himself, right? He put his mind to it. God was with him and he healed, right? And so understanding that anything in your life, you can overcome it. With God, we are overcomers. We are born to be overcomers. We are born to overcome one obstacle after another becoming stronger and stronger as we walk forward down the paths that God has set before, before us and into the exaltation that God has set for us, has, has placed it ahead of us, right? All you have to do is keep going. Keep walking with God. You'll get there. God is very powerful. I don't know much about God, but I do know that he's very powerful. And when you love God and you get that heart of David, 
And that heart of David's extremely important, right? It's getting those things that God hates out. When you want to sink to the, another person's level, you say, no, God wouldn't like that. I'm not into it. No, thanks. I don't want to roll in the mud with the pigs. I want to soar with the eagles of the Lord. I want to rise up with God and reach the points that God has placed ahead of me. I don't want to be like everyone else. Everyone else, well, uh, might not have it right. They might not be in the happiest places in their lives. And that is something that's very important in our lives, right? While there is sacrifice, i.e., I got to put in those four hours of mathematics today, i.e., I've got to do 12 hours of work today, this is going to be a long day. You can be happy and joyous while you're working. Christianity, we possess a unique talent gifted by God and God alone. It's called something like transformation or transfiguration or trans transformative ivity. <laughs> but um, it is when you take the negative and you transform it into the positive. I popped my tire, but instead of letting that negativity, that anger, that sense of maybe a little bit of foolishness, I know the guy at the shop told me I should have changed it, but hey, I thought I was I was smarter than him. So, well, now I look like a fool. My tire popped. I'm going to be late for work. Stopping. And as a Christian, we take it, we take the negativity and we Say, hold on one second, negativity. You're not going to come in my life. No thanks. I'm going to have positivity. I'm going to have that good, happy life. I'm going to take that pop tire, and I'm going to look up at the sky for five seconds and enjoy it and say, hey, I get a little free time. Hey, I get a little time with my own thoughts. I get to spend a little time with the Lord God of Israel today with that tire, with God, right? And it may sound foolish. It may sound a little childlike, but when you practice it, it's really quite incredible. What a state of mind, a thing as simple as a state of mind can do for you and your life. It is, well, it's a mustard seed of faith, right? It's uh, the keys to the kingdom of heaven and earth. Take with you a mustard seed on your journey and you will take it to a mountain. You will take it to a mountain. And while you are in that loving mindset, you will tell that mountain, jump. And that mountain will jump. It's not uh, impossible. It's not uh, Christ telling some uh, fantasy, a fairy tale. He's not selling you something that's not real. He's telling you something that's 100% truth. But he is speaking figuratively, right? And so when you start to unravel the riddles and the divine wisdom contained within the parables of Christ Jesus himself, there is no greater offer in all existence out there. 
You can seek as long as you want for a life better than what God has placed before you, for what God has chosen for each and every one of you as Christians. But you will not find it, for it does not exist. And many have, many people have sought. They've sought for years. Oh, what if I just do it some other way besides God's way? Oh, what if I just try it my own ways? <laughs> and many of us know where that one leads, right? Oftentimes suffering, brokenness, right? But the power, the totality that is contained within the covenant of God and his holy ways, it's one of a kind. There's nothing like it out there. So don't waste your time. Just trust God and surrender. Surrender. What is it that holds you back from the dreams and the exaltation that lies within the one true living God's hands? What is it? Lay it down. Become consecrated for the Lord God of Israel. Step out of the boat. Conquer your fear and step out of the boat onto the miracles of Jesus Christ. Out onto that ocean and the endless depths that lie within them, within the ocean. Out onto the ocean of faith with Christ. There is nothing better for you. There is nothing better for anyone in all existence. And you can have your dreams, right? God will lead you, right? He, one of your dreams may be to become a doctor, and God might show up and say, you trust me, you don't want to be a doctor, right? I knew a woman who went through medical school, paid 250 grand to go through medical school, and the second that she performed surgery, right, she fainted and, and said, well, I can't ever do that. I hate the sight of blood. And lo and behold, she went and became a beautiful housewife. Uh, and I don't mean the word beauty as in physical beauty. I mean mentally beautiful. She produced a tranquil, beautiful household state for her husband and her children and raised brilliant minds. It was quite incredible. It was something pleasing to the Lord God of Israel. And when you start to realize that what God, what is pleasing to God is also very, very good for your life, I'll tell you, as for me myself, I would love to find a tranquil, brilliant housewife who had gone through medical school but, but that, that's not in the cards yet. You know what I'm saying? So uh, you have to trust God, but God will bring you your portion. It's, well, if you imagined a creator, a grand architect, right? And an architect does not build maybe a building over, over the night, right? It takes some time. An architect may spend several years developing his building, and in God's case, it took God, it took Moses himself to bring himself, his own free will, into alignment with God. It took Moses 40 years. Now, maybe this was 
definitely right. Some part of it was because of Moses's stubbornness, Moses's own stubbornness. But uh, through all the stubbornness, through all the sinfulness of Moses, through all the sinfulness, through all our own stubbornness, right? God is walking there with us. He is leading us, teaching us, and guiding us to that point of exaltation where we are standing on top of a skyscraper looking down saying, how did I get here? How is this possible? And as you taste that crisp air up at the heights of the altitudes where God himself dwelleth, Sometimes in the Bible it suggests that God dwells in high places or he likes high places. Who knows why? But uh, if you look through the Bible, when the prophets, they go to pray, they go up on mountains and things like that. Kind of fascinating. And I myself, uh, I love the mountains. And so uh, sometimes when I vacation up to a mountain, I can hear the voice of the Lord very clearly and it's a good experience so those heights right are what God is offering for you but you have to follow right and the guidebook is here with the core of Jesus Christ ie the first part the most important part of the Bible to teach to preach to live your life by are the red letters of Jesus Christ, the red letters of Christ Jesus. That is what it means to be Christian. Christ first, the love of Christ first and foremost. It is the first and second commandment. It is Christ. It is true love. Not some phony form of love. Hey, kiss me tonight and I'll love you. I'll love you for the rest of your life. Something, nothing like that. It's, I'm going to walk with you and love you and keep on loving you until I bring you out of that place of need, out of that place of desperation, out of that place of despair, until I conquer for God's own name, for God's own glory. He conquers things. Until I conquer that despair, until I bring you out of that misery that is the state of being an island in your life, that state of singleness, that state of lonesomeness, until I, the one true living God, bring you out of that state for his own glory. Well, that's what God's going for. That's love, right? I'm not letting you go. I love you too much to let you go. I'm not going to let you sink down into the ocean. I'm going to jump in after you and save you. He is the Lord God of Israel. He is the first and the last, the Alpha and the Omega, the dawn of time and time's end. That is why Christians, wherever God calls them, they follow, they go, even if they don't want to. They surrender. They understand that what leads them is leading them out of love and possesses a divine, perfect level of knowledge. He knows where he's leading you. He knows where you're headed. 
keep going forward. Walk with God, and there is nothing in all existence that can hold you back. There is nothing in all creation that has stopped the Lord God of Israel. Not one time. Not one time in all existence has the Lord God of Israel failed. The word of the Lord God of Israel goes out. It sets out to accomplish its purpose, and it is done. That is what you're working with when you work with God. That is what you're walking with when you walk with God. But there are, there are things that God says, hey, in my covenant, that's not okay, right? That's love, right? <clears throat> Previously, I mentioned in the example of a set of parents who told their children, do whatever you want, do whatever feels good, right? And that ended in tragedy for the parents. And it, it from what I saw, was leading to tragedy in the children's life as well. That's not love. That's hatred. It's indifference. Love is saying, hey, moderation. You can have a beer, you know, every now and then, but don't, don't use it in excess because it can damage your life. Don't become, you know, don't sink into the sinkhole of alcoholism for, for five, ten years, right? You can look back on those five, ten years and say, God, I want them back. I want them back. But the nature of life is that uh, you can't go back, right? And so those ten years they might be gone because you didn't listen to God. You listened to mankind instead. So make, make the, the wise decision to put your faith in God. You can trust mankind, but you don't trust mankind like you trust God. You trust God like you trust God and trust God in that manner alone. And so when the pastor says, hey, I want you to do this, and you say, where's that in the Bible? You should understand that <laughs> he's not to be trusted in the same manner as God is to be trusted. But, right, that doesn't mean you don't love that pastor. It doesn't mean you don't try and heal that pastor. It doesn't mean that you don't try and save that pastor as the Lord God of Israel would want us to. We as Christians, we are not imitators of evil, but we are imitators of divinity. We are imitators of God and God alone. And so when God is reaching down out of the heavens to display his glory and his greatness by helping you, by healing you, by saving you, by leading you where you need to go to receive that healing, be like God. He's displaying it because he wants you to do that as well. He wants you to teach them and lead them and heal them and raise them up. For his glory. That's just who God is. That is the state of benevolence. That is God's incredible, inexplicably good, immeasurably good nature. That's just who the Lord God of Israel is. And each and every one of us is invited to the table of Christ. Come how you are. You're good enough how you are. 
today and now. You're welcome. Come. I'm not going to say it's going to be easy. I'm not going to say it's not going to be a battle. I'm not going to say that your battles with your sin are going to be <clears throat> conquered in a moment. No, it may take years of battling sin to get it out. But once it's out, <laughs> you're immortal. You will live forever. You will walk out of death into righteousness. That's what God's offering. It's pretty incredible. It's a great life. It's a life of silver linings. And the invitation goes out to all mankind. But not all mankind will answer that call. Some will say, oh, Lord, I decided to work on my business. Oh, Lord, I just got married. I can't come to your table. I just got married. You have to answer the call. The invitation is for all of us. Come as you are, no matter who you are. There's no requirements. You just got to be loving. And it doesn't, you don't have to be loving today. You can take the time in your life to grow that merit, to grow that virtue. Come as you are. Come as you are to the foot of God's banquet. Come as you are to the table of the Lord's feast. A glorious feast for God. And we, right, Christians, we benefit from working with God, right? It's not just a one-way street where God is just, we're just doing things for God. No, God is doing for us as well. We're co-laboring. We're receiving the blessings from God. And there are spiritual blessings, things that I can't even explain, things that if I told you happened, you'd say, yeah, right. But I was there as the miracles occurred. The stories in the Bible are not just mere stories. They are miraculous signs and wonders that point to God and God alone. He is revealing himself out of his own goodness to his children so that we can hear the call with our ears and hearts and souls and minds. And we can answer the call fully so that we are that we know at least that we're invited. You're invited home, each and every one of you. God wants you to come home, but you have to answer that call. That is the love of God, an irresistible force. If mankind, if all of mankind could see the offer, the end result of what their life would be 10, 20 years from now, if they merely surrendered their sin, laid down their life, took up God's ways, and walked into immortality with God, if they could see that point 10, 20 years out with God, there's not one member of mankind who wouldn't stop what they were doing right at this moment. Whatever they were doing, lay it down right at this moment. And at top speed, run to the Lord God of Israel and his holy ways. They would lay down their lives, they would take up their crosses, and they would not walk, but they would run directly towards the kingdom of heaven, directly towards the kingdom of all righteousness, directly towards God and God alone. That is what God is offering you. But it does take faith. 
and it does take obedience, right? You have to do it. You have to do it God's way. God will not uh, accept a, a polluted offering. Out of love, God works with us. He teaches us and leads us step by step all the days of our life. And he will get you there. Don't worry. He'll get you there. He's the Lord God of Israel. He's done it before. He'll do it again. He's doing it right now. He's doing it for millions and millions of people as we speak right now. He's setting them out on the pathways to purpose. That is where God is leading you. But you have to come. You have to follow. You have to lay down your life. Take up your cross and follow the ways of God into that good life. Into that life of silver linings. That mankind stands in awe of and wonder what God and his goodness. He didn't make obtaining something like that a good life unobtainable for half the world but less than, less than half the world will reach it. He didn't make it too hard to reach for 10% of the world, only only 10% of people could reach it. No. He made it easy enough for each and every one of us to obtain it, if you follow King David was a shepherd boy, not the smartest, a humble man with a good heart. That's all God required. That was all God asked of David. God said, don't worry. I'm the one true living God. I've got the rest, but you've got to bring me what I ask. And so God brought God what he asked and he received a kingdom for it. He received exaltation. He received immortal fame in the Bible, and he received immortality. That last one received immortality. Eh, who knows? <clears throat> but understanding that God is with us. He goes with us. He is walking every step of the way. That is the love that God wants us to display as Christians. It's the reckless love where someone may be trying to get you to hate them. Someone may be trying to get you to lash out. All you have to do is keep walking with God. He'll take care of it for you. Right? He's with you. I cannot tell you how many times I thought I was on the verge of destruction or defeat before God showed up and it worked out some miraculous way, some miraculous sequence of events happened where I ended up winning and my opponents ended up being destroyed. It's the favor of the Lord. It is the blessing of God. It is righteousness. It is what walking with God yields. Not might yield, will yield, but so few will lay down, your, lay down their lives. And if you don't lay down your life, that's bad. <laughs> that's uh, Benny Hinn. <laughs> I watched one sermon of his, and 
I thought that was so funny. He says, if you don't, don't lay down your life, <gasps> that's bad. <laughs> Understanding the love of God is an irresistible force. It is, it's in, it is an unstoppable object. It is. The way, right? It's not just a way, it's the way. It's the way that 40% of all creation professes is the best way. It's the way God himself professes is the best way. And that God does not lie, right? If God did something, he says, yeah, I did that, right? And so maybe in, in your life, you've done something and had come to that point where you say, Shoot, I messed up. But not with God. God just says, yeah, I did it. God is a 10-ton gorilla in the room. He is the first and the last. He is the mover of mountains, the chain breaker, the way maker, the parter of the Red Seas. When God speaks, the oceans of your life will part. When God speaks the waters up to shoulder level that you thought were going to consume your life, that you thought might have a chance of holding you back from that destiny that God has set before you, well, the waters recede. They heave up to the left and right. And you, as God's people, will walk through in between them on dry land. That is the offer of God. That is God's invitation to each and every one who will answer the call. And that invitation is made out of one virtue. And that virtue is love. So keep that in your hearts and minds as you live. And your life will be a lot better. Keep that negativity out and stay focused on the love and the positivity of the Lord God of Israel. And all things will be added to you. Hey, blessings on you all. Thanks so much for tuning in and have a great rest of your day.